This episode is brought to you by KPMG. At KPMG, innovation is the go-to state of mind. Their visionary thinkers and advanced technology help you see beyond the now, uncover new insights, and turn them into opportunities. KPMG can help you leverage the value of data and drive transformational outcomes through innovation. To explore their thinking, go to kpmg.us. Hey y'all, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, this is April. And this is Caroline. And it is bloody happy hour time. Nice. It is brunch edition. And I have some Malibu coconuts mm. mixed with some coconut water. Oh my God. Hydrating while dehydrating. I love it's, it. It's I'm drinking a, a white claw refresher. Yeah, that's but you know what's missing? You know those little koozie things that a brewmate? Oh, like a brewmate? I actually have lost three of them over the years, and it sure would be nice to have one. Speaking of, we just found out that the number two podcast for our show, it's called Bois, and it's all about King of the Hill. It's a King of the Hill rewatch. They have been getting presents for the last couple weeks delivered to the studio. So oh. bloody happy hour fans. I'm going to need y'all to step it up. Just let us know if you need our address. <laughs> Caroline needs a brewmate. Um, I was and like, we actually need a liquor refill. So send us some alcohol. Yeah. I was like, April, what do you think people could send us? She was like, a bomb. <laughs> don't send us a bomb. So we don't want that. Yeah, don't send us a bomb. Um, Caroline, I just, you were quickly telling me about a hinge day, your weekend, okay, but I stopped so, you. So tell everybody. They're so invested in your life. I know. So I swiped right. That means I matched. With the guy a couple of weeks ago. On Hinge. On Hinge. And so I was going to Austin for a work thing. And I went a little early. And I was like, hey, do you want to meet up and go get drinks? And he was like, yeah, by the way, I have tickets to a Joe Rogan comedy show. Wow. And I was like, is that just the title of it? And it's just like random people? Or is it Joe Rogan? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Caroline's basically in love with Joe Rogan. I mean, he's great. And so then... Well, I I find out that there's 15 other guys that are going to be there. Ooh, and gang like bang. three other girls. And I was like, I'm definitely getting traffic. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I did share my location with some people. And I was like, um, most likely I'm getting trafficked. But if not, then it's fine. Yeah. Whatever. And all these, the, everybody was, it was like a good looking group. Everybody seemed normal and I was like this is great so go to the comedy show random person there's like three random people and then all of a sudden they introduce Roseanne Barr (laughs) (laughs) I love Roseanne I I mean who didn't watch her on Nick at Night and all the the show yes yes and watch her sing the national anthem and grab her penis and so I she is literally a walking cigarette 
She had <laughs> she had on this whole like white outfit. Her hair's now white. I don't I guess it's wow. she had this giant cigarette. She's smoking on it. She's talking about how she's on mushrooms wow. and everything. And then she throws a cigarette on the ground, puts it out, stomps it out with her Yeezys that she's wearing. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. And then the guy wanted to come back to my hotel and I didn't let him. He got mad. And then it's the end. Oh, <laughs> the old kid. Look at that for being aware. Bitch stayed aware for one time in her life. I was so aware. And there was so many red flags, but I kept on staying with the date because <laughs> I needed to go to the comedy show. And she saw red flags, y'all. We have gotten yeah, somewhere. I mean, he's like, oh, I had, a, I was in jail at DWI over like a couple Christmases ago because of driving drunk and my ex-wife bailed me out because she'd been to jail like the couple years before. I was like, I don't need to be involved in this situation. <laughs> Watch, I'm watching. I'm gonna go out with him again next week. <laughs> just keep count, at least seeing the red flags. Yeah, I see the red Don't. flags. I just will typically like push them and ignore them. Okay, it's fine. So there's my life update. If you don't care, then sorry, I told you anyway. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so during the break, we're going to tell you about our sponsors. So stay tuned for that. Also, um, I am not in Texas today. <gasps> I know. Oh, nope. Not in Texas. Do you know how many stories I had to like stop researching because they're in Texas? (laughs) I'm just drawn to Texas stories. But today we're going to Florida, baby. Oh, okay. And so, you know, when it's Florida, Mm -hmm. it's going to be crazy, outlandish, wild. This one is wild. I texted Caroline this morning and I was like, bitch, take your Adderall. Because this is so much, but you don't want to miss it because it is a crazy story and it's been on my, on my list since Christmas break. Have you ever seen the movie Pain and Gain with no. um, The Rock, Dwayne no. Rock Johnson, Mark Wahlberg, no. and Anthony Mackie? No. Well, I hadn't either until this Christmas break and I don't know why because I love Mark Wahlberg and I love The Rock. So... But when I watched it this break, my nephew Isaiah was over. Shout out to Isaiah because he gave me this inspiration. It is based on a true story. Okay. So when it was over, Isaiah told me that. And he was like, you know, Aunt Sissy, you should cover this on your podcast. I was like, this can't be real. When I tell you the story, you're going to question if this is real because it's ridiculous. This movie is dark comedy. Okay. Which we love. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So dark comedy. So we're going back to the 90s in summer of 1994. So let's start with the Sun Gym. I'm titling this episode the Sun Gym Gang. Okay. Let's start with the Sun Gym. S-U-N? S-O-N. S-U-N. Sun Gym Gang. We're in Miami, Florida. Now, this wasn't your ordinary gym. Okay? The owner of this gym, he had a dream. His name was John Meese. He actually graduated from Texas A&M. Oh. What do y'all say? Giggum. Whoop. Oh, said, whoop. Yeah. Whoop. She, she yeah. sucks as an A&M <laughs> person. Um, graduated from A&M, and he was an accountant, but he also started bodybuilding in A&M. Okay. So he continued that on, like, for the rest of his life. So he wanted to own this gym for only the best athletes, only the most muscle-bound, the strongest, the elite bodybuilders. Okay. So membership was open to anyone, but if you weren't in tip-top physical condition, you felt and looked out of place. Okay? For sure. So this owner, he would also have bodybuilding competitions there, and when... 
famous bodybuilders were in town, like the ones that had their pro cards, they would only go and work out there. So okay. this is what he wanted. Like he had the gym of his dream. Yeah. Membership was pretty good um, at that time. But, you know, Gold's Gym was invented and then oh. was coming right down the road. Oh, no. So what usually happens when this big box gyms and then you got these small gyms yeah. Is you people lose with the extra people. amenities yeah. of the big gym. Yeah, and yeah. the lower membership price. So he started losing True. membership until a guy named Danny Lugo came in. Say it three times. Danny Lugo, Danny Lugo, Danny Lugo. He is going to be a main character. Okay. So he was to a bodybuilder. He was about 6'2", great physique. He was 30 years old. He had moved from New York City. This is who Mark Wahlberg plays in Pain and Gain. Um, he convinced gym owner John to hire him. Now, Danny is very charismatic. He's very good with his words and very convincing. He can persuade anybody to do anything. You did not need to meet him at all in your life, Caroline. So he was like, you know what? You need to hire me because I have so many ideas for this place. I got a dream. We could build an empire. We can have a sun gym clothing line. We can start sun gym vitamins. We can have a sun gym juice bar. We can have sun gym karate. And so John, this was his baby. He was like, yes, you're hired. You're hired. And you're my head trainer. And so Lugo was like, hey, but I forgot to tell you one thing. I just got out of prison. Oh, okay. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. At least he's being open and honest. Honest, open in the beginning. Yeah. And so he was like, you know, I was in jail for for defrauding people. And I actually have to pay a $70,000 restitution to my victims. So he like scammed, he would give these bonus investments and scammed people out a ton of money. So Paul, um, not Paul, John did not care, right? He was like, yeah, but you're going to say my gym, and you look great, you look the part, you're hired. Lugo became Sun Gym famous. People oh. loved him. He was training everybody, like rich people, rich, like millionaires. And he was shredding their body fat. Like he knew what he was doing. He started a juice bar. But, Caroline, what kind of juice uh, bar do you think this is? I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's good juice. You I mean, think they have really flaxseed and strawberries and mm, protein for I'm this gonna, juice bar? I think no. Uh, I don't think they do. It involved needles. Oh. HGH. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Some horse tranquilizers. <laughs> <laughs> so it was basically steroid juice. He also brought in strippers weekly. And... Strippers had free memberships, and he encouraged the strippers to wear as little as possible when they're working out, because who's that going to bring in? The men. Yeah. Membership tripled. Skyrocketed. <laughs> like, you don't have popping. strippers at Gold's Gym. You sure <laughs> no, don't. No. Or HGH. Money was coming in. And now a word from our sponsors. The all-new Chevy Colorado is made for more. Stacked with the latest in-vehicle technologies like a class-leading 11-inch diagonal center touchscreen and an extra-large wireless charging pad. Plus, it features wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto compatibility to make staying connected easy wherever your adventure takes you. Chevy Colorado. Made for more. Learn more at Chevrolet.com slash truck slash Colorado. Claims based on latest competitive data. 
911. What's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, do you mean? Could it be? The, the Poltergeist. New from Rogue Media. Two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore Poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. <laughs> so check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. He also brought in his great friend, Adrian Dorball. Say it three times. Adrian Dorball, Adrian Dorball, Adrian Dorball. Yes. Um, he was his great friend. He was his workout partner, and they were both trainers, and they are both killing it, and they looked great. Uh, Adrian Dorball's from some other country, mm-hmm. and so he had got a green card, came here to live a better life. When Lugo met him, he was working at a taco shop. And riding his bike everywhere. So he met Lugo, and Lugo basically made it made him rich because Lugo was successful, mm-hmm. and he still had some business schemes under his belt. Yeah. So they had learned how to steal from Medicaid and Medicare. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Good so stuff. they both had thousands and thousands, close to a million dollars. But Lugo wanted more because more money, more Greedy. power. Mm-hmm but also more problems. We will find out in a minute. He wanted the fast cars, faster women, a house, a boat, everything. And these men that he were training, he was training, had it all. So then he gets a little jealous and he's like, they don't deserve this. I deserve this. Adrian, look, they don't deserve this. We deserve this. We worked hard for this. They're pricks. So he started to devise a plan. And the plan was to take somebody else's money and keep it as their own. They kind of felt like Robin Hood. Yeah. Rob from the rich, Mm -hmm. give to the poor. Like, this is how they made themselves feel better. Um, So there's this guy named Mark Sheeler. Say it. 
Mark Sheeler, Mark Sheeler, Mark Sheeler. He's going to be the victim in this story. He's a millionaire. He, uh, according to Lugo, was a millionaire, but he was also a prick. He was also a thief, and he stole $100,000 from Lugo. Oh, no. Not really, but he was telling people this, and he stole $200,000 from another gym member. So Lugo was so convincing that he got people to... He got this little gang in this gym to believe that Mark Sheeler deserved to be robbed. So they plan to kidnap, beat, and extort Mark Sheeler. Okay. Um, They were going to get all their money back plus more. They were going to take everything from Mark Sheeler because he did not deserve it. But he needed one more person in the plan that knew Sheeler and knew his like investment stuff and like all his monetary stuff. So he met a guy named George Delgado. Oh the God. Rock played George Delgado in this story and in a piece of another guy in the story. So George Delgado was a client of Lugo's. They had been trained for three years. And you know that trainer-client mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. right? You become counselor, best friend, um, like good friends, life coach, everything. And so Delgado really loved Lugo. But Delgado was also great friends with Sheila, who's the victim in this story. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, Delgado tries to bring... Lugo into some of their business deals, but Sheeler hated Lugo. He was like, I don't like him. I don't trust him. You need to choose me or you need to choose him. And he wasn't part of the gym? Delgado? Sheeler. I mean, Sheeler. No, he's come and worked out a couple times. Okay, he's not. Yeah. And and he was like this fit man too, but he wasn't really involved with like kind of like the other people were. So, but he was a millionaire and he owned a slot skis and so Lugo was like, mm. I deserve all that. Yeah. So when Delgado was given the ultimatum, he chose to go with Lugo, the guy fresh out of prison, yep. his trainer, instead of the guy, Sheeler, that made him rich and that was his friend for forever. Yeah. So Sheeler pulled out on all their business investments that they were in together. So Delgado Ooh. lost a lot of money. So this was Lugo's way of adding Delgado to the Sun Gang gym. Sun Jim game. I'm going to say that backwards. So now they have their gang. It's Lugo, Doorball, and Delgado. And they recruit two little puny guys that are wannabe trainers and that looked up to them, but they would never be trainers because they're like 5'5 five, five and 120 pounds. Oh. And they're guys. And they're like real short. So who you're not going to convince anybody, right? So the plan starts. They are in a warehouse, and they literally have an a, a, a eraser board and dry eraser markers, and oh. they are, like, writing down this plan. We're going to do this. Plan one, we're going to do this. <laughs> they write down all the supplies that they need. So they go to a spy shop. A spy shop? <laughs> a spy shop. What's a spy shop? In Miami. <laughs> what? A place where you go get spy supplies. I know. I know. I know. Okay. So they go in. Three big bodybuilders, and they tell the spy shop owner that they are work security for a rock band. They buy taser guns, stainless steel handcuffs, walkie-talkies, and then they leave and they go rent an Astro minivan. 
their first plan was to circle the neighborhood that that Sheila lived in. And when they saw Sheila, they would open up the van, tase him, pull him in, and he's kidnapped just like on TV. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then they they went and they go in the neighborhood and they're like, oh, is it all white people? We're real brown and we're in a van. This looks really suspect. Oh, no. So we probably don't want to draw attention to ourselves. So we're not going to go with this plan. No. <laughs> So they come up with another plan. It was close to Halloween. Oh. So what do people do on Halloween? Um, I think they dress up. And they, um, and they trick or treat. Yeah. So they were like, let's go get some costumes. Yeah. We're going to go to Sheila's neighborhood, and we are going to dress up as ninjas, <laughs> cover our face, trick or treat, and when we get to Sheila's house, we are going, that is when we're going to grab them. Okay. And stick them in the van. Van. With everybody out on the street. <laughs> oh, they didn't think about that. Okay. So they actually dressed up and went out there and they were like, oh, wait, wait to be kids. <laughs> Mission aborted. Let's go to the strip yeah. club instead. Yeah, let's go straight to the club. <laughs> um, so they go to the strip club and they're trying to think of another plan. So now they're like, let's just follow him on the way to work. We know where he lives. We know the route he's probably going to get to work. We'll run him off the road. We'll kidnap him. Somebody will drive his car, and we'll all take him to the warehouse, right? Okay. This is all it's another great plan. It, it, it sounds like a great plan. Yeah, it's, it's flawless. So they get on the highway, and they follow who they think is Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> the right guy. They follow Sheila. They follow this random person on a wrong exit. Sheila's done made it to work. <laughs> They're literally idiots, and this is literally still a true story. Now, John Weeks was ex-military, and he was like, you know what, y'all? Just let me handle this. I was in the military. We, we need to just dress up in all black, paint our faces with face paint, Camouflage. Oh, blackface? <laughs> no, like. Canceled. Like, Canceled. No, not blackface. Canceled. Like you would if you're going to war or something, you know, oh. they like ripe so that they can blend in. Okay, that's so amazing. <laughs> I'm going to do that and see how well I blend in. And they're going to crawl across the lawn under these camouflage blankets in Sheila's yard the morning, in the morning, because he goes out every morning to get his paper. <laughs> no. And then when he's walking back to his door, they're going to storm in and they're going to hold his family hostage. Okay. Wow, okay. Yeah. This is okay. So they're all dressed in black. They have their walkie talkies. They have their paint on their face and they are literally crawling in the yard <laughs> under these blankets. <laughs> and then a car passes by, slows down. Like, they get on their walkie talkies and they're like, abort mission, <laughs> abort mission. So they all... Take off running, hop into the van, and leave. Literally so, comedic. Were you dying when you're running? <laughs> you're like, what is, what the actual fuck is this? Who are these people? How many drugs are they on <laughs> at all times? Horse tranquilizers. Like, they steroids. Are literally, I was like, do steroids make you dumb too? I think so. No, not only does it make your penis small, but it makes you, your brain just Ooh, small. that's going to come up too. Okay, it's crazy. And then to watch Mark Wahlberg and The Rock do this. And the guy, the black guy that plays is Anthony Mackie. He is um, Papa Doc off 8 Mile. Did you watch 8 Mile? Yes, but I don't remember okay. who's that. So, um, 
Anyways, great. They they're and they're all beautiful. So you're watching these beautiful people act like idiots. It's the best. <laughs> you, you really got to watch the movie. Okay. I will. So Tonight. abort mission, abort mission. They get back in the van. Okay. Comedic. So now it's November 14th because they're they like keep coming up with these plans. This is their seventh plan attempt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least they're dedicated. <laughs> they're 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 really, you know, they're they're doers. That's yeah. what they talk about. Yeah, they're, they're like doers and they're really, you know, they have the, their mindset and they are going to follow through Lugo, with some kind of plan. Yes. And Lugo, he's like the um the motivating force behind it and he was like we're doers. We're not donors. We're doers. We're not donors. So they're doers, and so they get their seventh attempt. So they're going to block in Sheila's car, like near this alley, with Lugo's Toyota Camry. That's why he's pissed at life. He's driving a Toyota Camry, and these other people are driving Lamborghinis. When when Sheila's coming out of his slot skis that he's owned, they're going to block him in. Now the van would be parked around the corner, and when Lugo hasn't blocked in, he's they're going to radio the van with their walkie-talkies. And the van's going to come around, grab Sheila out of the car, tase him, subdue him, kidnap him, put him in the van. Right? Like, mm-hmm. s- simple enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sheila comes out. He's getting off work. He comes out. And he tries to pull out, but he can't because Lugo, Lugo has him blocked in. And like the plan is. Yeah. Yes. And so, Sheila's laying on the horn, honking, bringing all this attention to himself. Lugo radios to the van. Come now. The eagle has landed. No. Come now. No. The eagle has landed. Come now, right? So then the man doesn't come. Sheeler's honking, piss, get out of the way. The van doesn't come. He gets a radio back from the van. The van wouldn't start. Abort mission. Abort oh. mission. The van broke down. Yes. Listen, my source for this was the Miami News article miami daily news a guy did a three-part series so i basically wrote a book on this so all this stuff came from the courts statements transcript so this is not me telling you the movie this is the real story so lugo's pissed because they're like seven fucking times and we can't get this done they go back to the warehouse and they they send pierre's ass home it's like you're scrawny you don't do shit like you're going home you're not part of the gang anymore Oh, Pierre gonna turn on him. <laughs> so P- so Pierre goes home and back to the drawing boards. They hire a guy who uh, works out at the gym who's also a bouncer. His name is Big Mo. How <laughs> many people are in their plan now? 18? Too many. But Big Mo doesn't really know about the plan. Big Big Mo's there for um, intimidation because he's Big oh, Mo. He big. Yeah, yeah, Mario San- Sanchez. And so all they want him to do is kind of like stand and cross his arms, and they're going to pay $1,000 for that. Mm. They didn't tell him what he's doing. They didn't tell him anything. So Big Mo was like, this sounds sketchy, but Christmas is around the corner, so let me go on and do it. <laughs> so their final and their successful attempt, they go back to Slotsky's. They pull the van next to Sheila's car. And when Sheeler's walk into the car, they jump out in their ninja uniforms. <laughs> their face paint and their blankets. And they tase him and they throw him into the van. Easy, simple. They should have did that the first time. Yeah. In the van, they beat him. They tase him again. They shackle his ankles together. They handcuff him. And they wrap duct tape around his eyes, head, and ears. Mm-hmm. Really, really tight. Yeah. 
So Big Mo's job is done. He's no longer in this anymore. Mm. They took him to uh, George Delgado's warehouse. They burn him with lighters. They pistol whip him. They taunt him. They play Russian roulette with him with a loaded gun on his temple. And they're just like antagonizing him. But they feel great because they had their victims. And now they are officially doers. Oh, (laughs) congratulations. And what are they going to do with them now? They even sent somebody to go pick up his car from Slotsky so that that doesn't like like, raise an eyebrow. It looks like he left. That's really good planning. They're so... Um, Their first thing, they make him call his wife. Okay, they make his call, make him call his wife, and they made him memorize a script. If you say anything off the script, we're gonna kidnap your wife. We're gonna bring her here, and we're gonna rape her. So he can't say his code word. He can't say his code word. Get the kids out. Get out of the house. Don't call anyone, especially the police, and go to your families in Colombia. They're both from Colombia. You never, it's never suspect whenever they say, no, don't call the police. It's never suspect. <laughs> but she listened. <laughs> and so she got the kids, got out of the house, and she took them to Colombia. Now, they gave him other scripts for other people in his life. And a lot of the script was the same for just about anybody. But remember, Delgado was like his accountant. Him and his wife was Sheila's accountant. So he knew all the business dealings. He knew the mortgage company. He knew what the car was under. He knew the banks. He knew the code to their house. He knew the code to the safe because he was really good friends with Sheila. And he knew everything. He knew about all the offshore accounts that he had money in the Bahamas and Switzerland. So now he's calling other business associates over the next few days. Sheeler. And basically saying, I'm in love with a new hot Puerto Rican princess named Lillian Torres. And I'm going to retire and ride off into the sunset with her. Turn all of my assets into cash and put them in this bank account. Okay. So... They said, okay, all I need you to do is sign these forms. They fax the forms over, and they have him randomly signing his signature on tons and tons and tons of forms. Wow. Yeah. Got a great plan? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean. Flawless. (laughs) Flawless. It is flawless. Now, Sheeler's a little smart. He's, like, writing vertically, like, up and down the page and not on the line, hoping that, like, people would catch it and think it was suspect. They had him signing checks and so he was they were like getting all this money like out of his checking account banks was cashing it now they also um never left him alone they watched him in shifts in this warehouse and they had fake code names because sheila really knew them yeah so lugo's code name was batman (laughs) doorball's code code name was robin (laughs) carl weeks was sparrow And Pierre, who they called back because they decided, oh, you know too much. They let him back in the Mm -hmm. gang. His name was Napoleon. (laughs) These are great names. This is so great. Now, even though you have fake names, your voice doesn't change. It doesn't. Okay. And Lugo's voice happened to sound like Mike Tyson from New York. He's got a lisp. Talks like a little kid. Literally Mike Tyson. And so Sheila knew Lugo was part of this plan. In his head, he kept it quiet. He also knew that George Delgado had to be part of his plan because how else would Lugo know all of his business? They kept Sheeler for weeks. They starved him. He lost like 50 pounds during this time. He was dehydrated. 
they rarely gave him water. They gave him alcohol. They would not let him use the bathroom. He was chained to something, so he had to pee and poop on himself daily. Um, He has not been able to see anything for weeks. He's barely hearing anything, and he was passed out in and out of consciousness because he was drunk. They drained his Miami account, his Switzerland account, his Cayman's accounts, and they made him sign over to free, like, $1.26 million. It was December 10th now. They've had them since November 14th. All the transfers were complete. Even the transfer of slot skis to Lugo's fake little company. And they decided Sheila has to die. Okay. Now, Pierre and Carl were like, Oh, uh, Pierre and Weeks, Carl Weeks, they were like, we don't have to kill him. Let's just, like, get him drunk, drop him off. He's lost everything. He don't know who we are. Just let him go. Mm-hmm. And Lugo, actually, when he was signing documents, had his $2 million life insurance policy transferred to his to Lillian Torres, which is actually Lugo, Lugo's ex-wife. Oh, hell. Okay. So they are like, nope, he's got to die. I want this $2 million. So their plan was to get him drunk. Like, really, really, really drunk. Feed him vodka, tequila, chocolate liqueur, and sleeping pills. Then they were going to act like he died in a car accident under DUI. So, it was December 15th. He's drunk. He's half passed out. They put him in the passenger seat of his own forerunner. Because remember, they took his car. Lugo is driving. Doorbell and Weeks are following him in in Lugo's Camry. And they find a perfect, like, concrete pole for him to crash into. So then they put Sheeler in the driver's seat. Lugo goes to the passenger seat. And they press the gas, steer it towards the pole... Lugo hops out and watches it crash, and it crashes hard. What? This, this is, is how they're so going to kill work. them. <laughs> and they don't give up because they're doers. They're doers. And so they're like cheering, yes, 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 it's done, it's done, it's done. They go check on him, and he's still alive. Some idiot <laughs> put on his seatbelt, <laughs> his seatbelt saved his life, and so did the airbags. Oh. Airbags back then on the movie, it was airbags. So Lugo was like, I knew you idiots were going to be idiots. Oh. So I brought some gasoline. So they get gas oh. and they pour it all over Sheeler and the car. They lit it on, tie- on fire and they had a propane tank in the back seat so that the propane tank oh. would explode. Gosh. They draw, they're slowly driving off. The f- car is on fire. And they see Sheila jump out of the car. (laughs) This motherfucker's Batman. Lugo wants to be Batman, but he is Batman. He is literally walking on fire. He's taped. He's still handcuffed. And he, like, basically stop, drops, and rolls. Weeks is driving away. And they're like, we have no other choice. We got to hit him. We got to run him over. Do it, do it, do it, do it. He's a walking flame. They hit him. They toss him up, and he lands on the ground behind them. 
we got to run him over again. Oh, no. Be a doer, not a donor. Run him over again. So he backs up and runs over him. Twice. And before they could do it the third time, they see headlights from another car, so they have to speed off. Now, Sheila's on the ground. He's not on fire anymore, but he had just been in a wreck. He'd been tortured. Like his, yeah. I would just say, Lord, yeah. take me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're. But he lives. Oh my God. <laughs> and the next day on December 16th, a patient was admitted to the hospital, Jackson Memorial. After a DUI crash, he had to have surgery because he had a ruptured spleen, a shattered pelvis, a ruptured bladder. But this mofo was alive. What? When he woke up from surgery, he was scared. He was belligerent. Um, and he was also Joe. What's it called? Joe. When you're anonymous. Joe Blow. No. John Doe. Doe. John Doe. Doe. Yeah. He was also a John Doe. But he was telling the doctors, I was kidnapped by a bunch of bodybuilder ninjas. <laughs> they held me captive for a month. They tried to kill me. They stole everything I have. But he reeks of alcohol. There's sleeping pills in the system. They're really not uh, believing him. So they call the police. The police come in. And the police are like, mm, we asked around about you. And we heard you fell in love with a Puerto Rican princess <laughs> named Lillian Torres. And you probably, basically, you felt guilty you, and tried to kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. Or... You're trying to gain sympathy from your wife oh. after you left him, and then your Puerto Rican princess left you. Sheila was like, no, I promise, I promise. How could I do this to myself? Please give me security. If when they find out I'm alive, they're going to come back and try to kill me. Like, he was genuinely scared, and they were like, mm, aren't I mean, you Colombian? Cherry Papini vibes. Yeah. <laughs> they had no sympathy. They were like, oh, aren't you Colombian? Are you sure you're not in the... Colombian cartel. You sure this has nothing to do with drugs? Gosh. They were just like worried worried about everything no, yeah. else that they should not be worried about. So he was pissed. He calls a private investigator named Ed Dubois. Ed Dubois worked for the Miami Dolphins. He ran security and is also a private investigator. And he told Ed this story. And Ed was like, this sounds really weird. Yeah. But if it's true, you better get out of the hospital now. Because... If, when they find out you're alive, they are going to come and kill you. Oh, my God. And he was right because <gasps> they did. the Sun, Jam, Sun Gang Jim had been watching the news, reading the newspaper to see if there's a death that has been reported. Oh, no. And there wasn't. So they're calling the morgue. <gasps> they're calling the hospitals. And they finally find out that Sheila is in the hospital. So they go. And Dorabelle was like, I'll strangle him. Y'all start a fight in the hallway to, to start a diversion. Not more plans. <laughs> no. Not more plans. They're the best at planning. They're start a fight in the others. hallway. <laughs> to, and then I'm going to strangle them, and then we'll just all run out of there, right? And they were like, well, you know, I don't know. That's if, if, if we start fighting, what if there's cops outside and we just get arrested? Let's get silencer pistols and we'll walk in his room and we'll just kill everybody in the room and then we'll just walk out. And they were like, no, that can cause, you know, that might cause, you know. Draw more attention or. Draw more attention. So let's just smother him with a pillow. Okay. So they go to the hospital. All these big bodybuilders are walking into this hospital. 
<laughs> and this is a big hospital. And they get lost. <laughs> oh, they can't find his room. In a maze of corridors that they can't even find the intensive care units because it's so big. So they get overwhelmed and they leave. Now, abort. Abort. They abort this mission. Now, in the movie, and I don't know if this is really it, like when they abort mission, they all like go get a quick pump. So they get on the bench oh press and they're God. like, let's, let's do no. eight sets. Let's do eight sets really quick. Let's do, let's bust out a hundred pushups and get our mind going. That's just funny. I don't know if it really happened. So they were like, we just can't walk. We're, we're too noticeable. Our bodies are too good. Or we have body of God, oh um, God, bodies of gods. We need to look like we're a part of the hospital, especially if the police are there. So they go to a uniform supply store. Oh. They buy scrubs, masks, and caps. And they called to make sure he was still there before. When they were up there, right? They were like trying to find the room, make sure it was still there. And he had just checked out. He's gone. They hadn't heard anything about him, from him. They figured he is just like done. Ran away because he didn't want to get killed. And they're like, well, you know, let's just continue with our original plan. So January of 1995, they move into Sheeler's home. That is now not Sheeler's home because they had it signed over. And this was in a beautiful gated community. It had a swimming pool, jacuzzi, 50-inch TVs. And um, they had over $2.1 million in cash, plus real estate, plus credit cards, plus jewelry. Carl Weeks got his $100,000, and he was gone. Pierre only got $30,000 because he was real sketchy and in and out of the thing. Um, And Lugo was living large in Sheila's house. He got along great with the neighbors. The neighbors loved him because he looked good, and he was great. According to them, he referred to himself as Tom, and he told them that Sheeler was actually deported and that house was confiscated and is now governmental property and that him, Lugo, and his crew are taking care of the maintenance on the house. So he starts paying homeowner association dues. Mm -hmm. He hires a gardener. He has packages sent to his neighbors. He starts a neighborhood watch program. Wow. He fixes up the house and he makes it a home. He loved his home. What a good guy. He was living the house, living the life. Doorball starts dating an exotic stripper that he met at the strip club. Mm. And Lugo starts dating a penthouse model slash stripper named Sabina. And, you know, he would he got her a penthouse apartment next to his wife so that near his wife so that he can go see her before he goes home to his pregnant wife. (laughs) They already looked great, but now they feel great and their pockets were fat. The plan was working. They had nothing to worry about. Now, new girlfriend Sabina thought he produced produced music videos because he would, that's the story he told her. But she started getting, like, questioning. She was like, but why do you have all this spy equipment? And um, why do you never, like, leave to go shoot videos? And why are you just, you know, getting drunk and, like, going to strip clubs all the time? And so he was like, oh, you know what? You deserve You're to know the truth. Too many questions. You deserve to know the truth. Oh, okay. The truth is, I'm in the CIA. Oh. <laughs> And Sabina, who is from... Wow, that's so cool. 
another country and came here to live the American dream, she was so excited and she felt like she was given to this country by being with the CIA agent. And from now on, his code, when she he beeped her, was 007. This is not real. <laughs> Doraball moved out of the house and got his own house, bought his own townhouse. He too was CIA. And they needed to have two CIAs people close together in case they had to act swiftly and that if he ever disappeared for days at a time it's because they had to report to headquarters in langley virginia and yeah listen he was very convincing and sabina believed him and she was like i'll never question you about anything you do anymore doorball breaks up with his girlfriend that he had had for a while because he's dating the stripper and um he discovers his occupational hazard of steroid use has another side effect that has been lingering, but is now officially small penis. And it won't get up. Oh, no. it won't work. Now, back in New York, Sheila Sheeler is healed and he goes to Columbia with his family. But he's like, I'm pissed and I'm broke and I have nothing. I'm calling that private investigator and I'm going to hire him. So the private investigator was like, just send me every detail about the case and any documents, these documents that you say they make you sign, get copies of them from your people, right? Because all the investors had to have copies of them. So they sent all that to Ed and Ed was like, oh shoot, this is true. He's not lying. And he sees the signatures on going the wrong way. And so he says, but these documents had to be notarized. Who would notarize these documents? John Meese. Do you remember him? The owner of the Sun Gym is the one that, the owner of the Sun Gym Mm -hmm. is the one that notarized the documents. Okay? So he goes to visit John, and John has diarrhea of the mouth. Oh, John. And he brings up Delgado, and he brings up Lugo and Dorball. So now they're kind of scared. They're like, oh, shit. We need another plan. We need another plan. (laughs) Yeah, too many people. So they said, let's meet with private investigator and let's tell him that we still have $1.26 million of Sheeler's money and we will give it back to him. If and only if he signs this non-disclosure contract that says that he will never bring this up or talk, go to the police or talk about it again if we give him his money back in his home. We'll give him his home back, too. What? So Ed is like, I need to okay that with Sheila. And Sheila is like, man, I want my money. Man, I want my money. But um, I don't trust them. I think this is a way for them to stall so they can try to kill me. But he wants his money. So he agrees to sign the contract. So Lugo has this contract made up with a lawyer. But on the contract, it has 1.26 million lira. That's some kind of other foreign money that only equals to $1,200, uh, $1,200 American dollars. And the contract was faxed over and signed. What an idiot. Sheila, are you kidding me? <laughs> Sheila gets his house back. But not before Lugo and his bodybuilder friends rent a U-Haul and strip it of earthing. What? They had been living in this house. They know they probably got to get out. This private investigator's been watching them. 
They gave Sheila back his house. So when they're there, they they're, when they're moving out, they take every TV, the furniture, all the jewelry, crystal, the Persian rugs, all the bronze sculptures, a freezer, a computer, video games, copiers, printers, camcorders, patio furniture. They pull out the jacuzzi. They take a baby stroller. They take the Christmas tree and the Christmas decorations. And they take his family photos. What are they doing with all this stuff? They, and where are the police? They took it to the where the police still don't believe Sheila or Ed. Well, we're about to get to the police because they're about to come back. They even took the the Sheila's wife's BMW station wagon and the kids' clothes. Mm. When Sheila got to his house, it was totally empty. They took all this stuff to the warehouse where they kept Sheila and gave the rest of it to Doorball for his new townhouse that he had bought that's right down the road. So now Doorball has Sheila's couch, furniture, TVs, everything. (laughs) Yeah. Happening. I know, I know, I know. Okay, so son, and they also never paid Sheila his money. Never. His $1,200. His $1,200. His 1200 lira. So, um... The deal was off. They were pissed. They go to the cops. Finally, again, they go to the cops. And the cops were like, uh, we just really don't trust you, Sheila. And Dubois was like, y'all are idiots. They did this and it worked. So that means they're going to run out of money and they're going to do it again. And this person will probably not live this time. Oh, my gosh. And they were right. Because Lugo had already found another victim. His name was Winston Lee. <laughs> Winston Churchill. He wasn't as rich as Sheila, but he was rich enough. And he told Dorball and Delgado that he, that this Winston guy sold drugs to little kids in the black community. So he does not deserve what he has, that they deserve it. Oh, my gosh. And he told Sabina, Sabina, it's your time to help serve your country. We're going to let you in on this plan. I'm going to get you an apartment next door to Winston Lee. He's actually a Palestinian terrorist. What? <laughs> this is Sabina. Sabina's like, yes, I want to help. I want to help. And she, was, she felt so patriotic. She was helping and working for the CIA. She was helping her country. So they, got a, they wanted Sabina to flirt and lure Winston into her apartment that they just got next door to Winston, and that Lugo and Dorball and Delgado would burst in and they would subdue him. They would torture him like Sheila, get him to sign over all his stuff, and then they'd be winning again. Okay. Winning, winning, winning. Oh, my gosh. But Winston must didn't like little blonde-head white girls because Winston was never interested in Sabina. He was always traveling, so they had to knock him off the list. Oh my gosh. This is so crazy. Doorball's stripper girlfriend left him because his wee wee wouldn't work. And he had to go see a specialist. And this specialist specializes in steroid induced impotence. Oh. And he found out that he's going to have to get these injections in order for his wee wee to work. But these injections, steroid injections, they're very expensive. So Doorball was like, I need my money now. I got, I got things yep, to do. My penis else. does not work. Mm-mm. So they find another guy named Frank Griga. And this is, this is where you're going to question if this is real. Oh, this is where? Oh, if you haven't already, 47 times. 
So Frank Griga was rich, rich. He got rich because he established phone sex, a phone sex business. He would advertise these 800 and 900, 800 numbers and 900 numbers in the Hustler magazines and in the Penthouse magazines. Mm-hmm. Men are real horny when they're looking at these magazines, right? Mm-hmm. So they're already going to probably masturbate. But wouldn't it make it better if you can call somebody and they sweet talk you and dirty talk you? Yes, so. They would pay $5 a minute to have somebody talk dirty to them. <laughs> oh, my God. This was Frank Griga's like multi-million dollar company he had a seven hundred thousand dollar mansion he had a yacht he had condo in the bahamas he drove a lamborghini diablo and so lugo and doorball dress up in um these nice suits they are wearing rolex rolexes that they stole from sheeler and they are pitching a money-making scheme to frank griga they said you can start your company in India. We can buy these phone lines in India. And I have, they had like pamphlets with pie charts and everything. They looked so official. And Griga was like, I'm in. I will contribute a million dollars. I'll invest a million dollars to be part of this phone line in India. And I want to be able to take my sex, dirty, my dirty phone numbers over to India, right? Oh <laughs> no. So, um, Sabina's part of this plan, and they hit it off good. So, they plan a dinner in a couple days with Frank Griga and his girlfriend, Christina. And this is May 21st, 24th, 1995. This dinner is at, is at Doorball's house. Doorball and Frank are talking business in the other room, and Lugo and Christina are talking, and they're watching TV. Sheila's TV, actually. Then some arguing breaks out in the other room. Mm-hmm. Doorball and Griga are arguing, and when Christina, girlfriend Christina, barges into the door, there's blood everywhere. Griga was bleeding out of his head. Doorball had him in a headlock, and it looked like he had been hit with a weight. Oh, no. Like a weight plate. Dumbbell. Griga was dead. Whoop. Christina started screaming and screaming. So Lugo grabbed her, covered her mouth, duct taped her mouth, handcuffed her hands and her feet, and doorball injected her with rumpun, which is a horse tranquilizer. Oh, no. <laughs> she go. weighs 105 pounds. This horse tranquilizer would put would put a 1,000-pound a horse to sleep. They were like, okay, our plan is working. This is where we want to be. Our target is apprehended. Mission accomplished. All they needed was Grigo's info and safe passcode and house code, and then they'd have what they need. Mm-hmm. But Grigo's dead. Oh. So they got to go to Christina. And Christina's out like a light. So yeah. they put Griga, the man, in the bathtub with ice on him. And they put the AC down as low as it can go because they don't want him to start smelling because he's dead. Oh my and they wanted all the blood to drain down the bathtub. But they had Christina. So they wake her up. They slap her, wake her up. And they're like, I need the code. What's the code to the house? What's the code to the safe? 
And she's like mumbling, mumbling, mumbling. She starts screaming again. They have to give her another horse tranquilizer, but not before she mumbles out some numbers, a code. Lugo writes down this code on a piece of paper. (laughs) And just everything had gone wrong, right? Everything. He goes over to the house. Their house. Mm -hmm. You think the code works? No, it's probably like one, 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 one. (laughs) Nope. Code doesn't work. Code don't work. He's pissed. What a shock. So he calls Doorball and says, Doorball, I need you to put her on the phone. I need the code. This code isn't working. And Doorball says, She's dead. The bitch is cold. Two tranquilizers. Yes. And I think it ended up being three total. So now she's dead. And they're screwed. They call over another bodybuilder well, friend. Of course they do. Who they know is real sketchy that can help get rid of the body. And so he was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll be back. He never comes back. So now they just are like, tomorrow we'll get rid of the body. We need a good night's sleep. So Doorball falls asleep in the house with two dead bodies. Delgado goes home to his wife and Lugo goes home to Sabina and they sleep and they sleep and then the next morning they go to Home Depot it's Friday May 26 Lugo and Dorval go to Home Depot here's their list they buy red plastic cleaning bus buckets they buy 10-gallon containers of tar, but I read later those 55-gallon containers of, like, tar mix. They buy floor fans, industrial-strength towels, a 100-foot roll of hefty trash bags, propane gas tanks, face goggles, gardening gloves, black iron security grates, a fire extinguisher, and a gas-powered chainsaw. Their total was $666. Oh, that's a good number. That, that. Six, six, six. Yeah, that's a scary number. I ought to put a piece of gum or something on there yeah, just to not something. have that number. So they stuffed Griga into the couch that was in Doorball's apartment, like stuffed him under there, put the cushions on, and then acted like they were moving a couch into the van, right? Okay. This was Sheeler's couch actually and so they loaded him in the van then they put Christina in the U-Haul in a clothing box and they went to the warehouse and they spread the trash bags everywhere and they cut all the clothes off their body Lugo sprayed down the body with Windex and paper towels to get all the fingerprints off of them does, does Windex even get paper fingerprints off? I know it gets it off mirrors, but does it actually take away the DNA? I don't think anything does. <laughs> um, they have fans going. They have the television really, really loud so that people around there can't leave. And, like, they have everything ready to go. They are, like, covered in stuff, kind of like the Hong Kong family. Mm-hmm. Because they're about to chop them up with this chainsaw. Pull the string on the chainsaw. Oh, hell, chainsaw don't work. Didn't start. Didn't start. Didn't start. They blew the motor because they didn't put oil in it. I can't. These people. So they have to go back to Home Depot. Did they? How do these? Okay. To return the chainsaw. Go ahead. What is it? No, like, 
How are these people like, <laughs> okay, they're stealing all this money. So that's how they're like li- making a living. Okay. Cause I was like, what are they, what else are they, how long has this gone on that they're doing all these things? <laughs> it's really not even long. Like remember they kidnapped him in November and now it's January. Okay. So it's, it's not long. It's just, they do so much during this time. They and it's do. also it's a lot bogus. Of work. <laughs> it's so much work. So. They have to go and take this chainsaw that they just bought back to Home Depot and they get their money back, but they were hungry. So they got to stop at Subway. <laughs> go to Schlotzky's. And um, instead of buying that same chainsaw, Lugo was like, we're getting this Remington power cutter electric chainsaw. And so they have what they need. Okay. Delgado and Lugo cannot chop up the body so it's up to doorball oh come on which delgado and lugo be come on yeah be a doer be a doer so they have the bodies on the table and doorball goes to sawing like with the cutter Mm -hmm. piece by piece and but he can only do it seven times because as he's about to cut off christina's head the chainsaw gets caught in her hair, and it don't work anymore. <laughs> no. I'd have just called the police on myself by that time. Yeah, but listen. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, just too tired. I'm tired of this shit. God, just, just put me in a cell so I can take a nap. <laughs> this is too much. So Lugo has to come with a hatchet so they can continue the job. So all the bloods fall in like in these gallon containers that they have, and they put... Um, pieces like their torso their torso in the in their legs I think in the some of the gallon bugs with the tar and acid so there were some mm, some acid yeah. so they're doing some Jeffrey Dahmer stuff <laughs> they were decapitated they cut off their arms and they cut off their legs uh, another bucket had their hands and their feet in there because as they were cutting everything off, they were like, wait, we can't put the hands in there because then they'll have fingerprints and they'll know who they are. So they cut off the hands and the fingers and they filleted all the flesh from the bones on their fingers and they're going to burn that flesh. And then they cut off the head and they pull out with pliers every single one of their teeth so that they can't identify them with teeth records. And they were like, yeah, but if you really know them and you see this head, you'll be able to identify their face. So they chop down the middle of the face. Ah! They dig, chop off the nose. They dig out the eyes, and they basically try their best to pull away the skin on their face so that they are totally unrecognizable. What is happening? I know. I'm going to go eat some pork after this. (laughs) So all the hands and the finger bones and everything that's left uh, and the feet, they all threw them in this thing and threw gasoline in and lit that on fire so that's burning and so doorball's tired because he had just done a whole bunch so he lays on the couch that the body was in oh no no. and he calls his ex-girlfriend cindy who he broke up with earlier and proposes to her oh wow (laughs) and they set a quick little date like in the next couple days so cindy's like she's she's like i've been waiting for him to come around Yeah. yeah so 
Now, this is all going on in the warehouse. They're all kind of like taking a little break. And now Frank's ha- Frank, the, ha- the people that they just killed, the housekeeper shows up. And their dog has trashed the house. The housekeeper was like, they would never leave this dog. It looks like they hadn't been here for a long time. They would never leave this dog. So she starts calling people. Those people get worried. They get reported missing. Very quickly, it goes to the police. And doorball. So that's happening over here. They're going Mm -hmm. to the police. They're making reports. And they have to get rid of the 10 Allen containers over here because they got to clean up the warehouse and they just got to get rid of all the torsos and all the evidence and everything. So they drive the drums, they've welded them together and they dump them in a drainage ditch, like in some murky water, murky water in like some Florida swamps. They go a little bit further and they do like the hands and the feet and the head and stuff. They throw that like an alligator alley. Okay. They go back and Three days later, Doorball and Cindy get married. And Cindy is so happy. Like, it's their honeymoon. And when they investigated Frank and Christina, it led back to the Sun Gym Gang guys. Well, the police were like, hey, we know these names. We know these names. Oh, Sheeler. Oh, Dubois. Let's call them in and ask them about these people. So, you know, DeBoss pissed and he's like, you know what? I warned you. I told you that you need to take him seriously or somebody else is going to die. Mm-hmm. And now you got two people dead. Real dead. On June 3rd, 1995, 75 Metro, like Dade County police officers, SWAT hostage negotiations. They're about to serve warrants on Daniel Lugo, George Delgado, Adrian Dorball and John Meese. Now, Delgado was at home. He was arrested in front of his wife. He started talking quickly. Dorball was arrested at home. His wife had just got up. They had they were on their honeymoon. She was drinking coffee. Dorball was arrested and he confessed immediately to the kidnapping of Sheeler, but then stopped right there. Lugo was nowhere to be found. Oh. Lugo somehow had made it to the Bahamas Mm. that quick. He was going after the last little bank account that the police didn't even know about. So on the movie, he had took uh, Sheila's boat and drove, like, took, took, went to the Bahamas by boat. Mm -hmm. I couldn't really find, find how he got there. It's the speedboat, like the Hong Kong person. Yeah, I feel like it was. very similar. This was a cigar boat, and he was going to the Bahamas. So um, they found out where he was going to be. They finally arrested him at a Bahamas resort on June 8th. So he just got a couple extra days than everybody else. And by June 10th, Lugo was in jail, and so he started talking. And he was like, okay, I'll show you where the bodies are. So they took him and they he took him to where those three barrels were. But in those barrels, there was only the torsos. And the police could not identify who they were. Clearly, yeah. Um, but during the autopsy, the autopsist figured out that Christina had breast implants. Oh. Every breast implant <gasps> has a serial number. Has a serial number. 
So they were able to track it back to the doctor, back to the doctor's office. And this is the first time in at least Florida history that they made an identification on the breast implants. They later found the head and what was the bones and stuff, what's left of the fingers. And uh, Frank Griego still had one tooth that wasn't totally taken out in his head. So that's how they identified Frank Griego. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, So they're in jail. The three main three are in jail. Later that summer, as everybody's talking, Stevenson Pierre was arrested and Carl Weeks was arrested. And then John Meese was arrested. And then so was model Sabina. And wife, Cindy, Dorball's wife, Cindy, they all got arrested because Sabina was part of the plan. She mm-hmm. knew everything that was happening. Cindy cleaned up the mess afterwards. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but she didn't know the story. They had told her that there was a bad fight there. Okay. Now, it's March 1996, and the grand jury returned a 46-count indictment against the Sun Jim gang conspiracy to commit murder, mm-hmm. uh, the murder of Frank and Christina, and the kidnapping and extortion, uh, an attempted murder of John Sheeler, Mark Sheeler. Delgado received 15 years. Because he was kind of more behind the scenes. Pierre and Weeks got 10 years. Dorball's wife and Cindy was charged with accessory. Dorball's wife, Cindy, was charged with accessory after the fact for cleaning up the crime scene. Um, but at first she wasn't testifying because that was her husband, right? So you don't have to testify mm-hmm. against your husband. But during this time, Dorball started having a relationship with the secretary of his lawyer. So she filed for divorce and then it ended up being annulled because they never got to consummate their marriage because he couldn't get it up. Oh, <laughs> so then she got to testify against him in court and she talked about his small non-working penis. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, no. The trial was February 24th, 1998, and it went for 10 weeks. This was 10 weeks. 10 10 weeks. It was the longest, most expensive trial uh, in history at that time. Sheeler flew in to testify, and they were found guilty on May 4th after only 18 minutes of deliberation. The by, evidence was overwhelming. Yes, by two counts of murder and other 16 other charges. On July 17th, they were sentenced to death. Okay, good. Death, death, yeah. death. Sheeler came and gave a victim impact statement. And then when that was done, he felt so good about himself. He was like, I finally got justice. They're in jail. They're going to die. They deserve it. He walked out of the courthouse steps and then he was arrested. This whole time they were investig they when they should have been investigating Sun Gang Jim, they were investigating Sheeler and found out that he was a part of the Medicare billing scheme too and made fourteen million dollars after off of frauding Medicare. Oh and, and it's, my gosh. It's so weird how they did this. All they did was buy a bunch of like P.O. boxes, like buy them up, different names and they paid $10 for names of people that were on Medicare or Medicaid, right? And I guess you can send bills to Medicaid and they pay them 
for you. Anyways, somehow they got Medicaid and Medicare to send them money for bogus surgery bills. Instead of sending it straight to the hospital, they send it to whatever account. And so that's how he got $14 million. He was facing 25 years in prison. What? After all that? Yes. Nobody felt sorry for him. (laughs) Well, maybe the judge. Because in February 1999, he pled guilty to only one count of falsifying Medicare building, and he was sentenced to 46 months in prison, which is the lowest amount that anybody can get. So they did take into account that he was basically tortured and almost killed. As of that time, Sun Jim was closed. Oh, no. And in 2013 is when Michael Bay made the movie Pain and Gain. Michael Bay is a big producer. Like, he does the Fast and Furiouses, and oh. I, th- I thought he did um, Pirates of the Caribbean. It made over $100 million, and when it came out, it made Sheeler look like an asshole. So then he, so then it was all comedic because you couldn't even feel sorry for the victims. And so he sued Michael Bay and oh my the production company, and he was awarded a big millions and millions of dollar payouts. So now he's rich again. What? <laughs> and then he wrote a book about it, and it was the real story of pain and gain that came out after the movie. Um, but that is it. OMG. Wow. I know. I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> There's so many things that just happened. It is just so, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So you'll have to go on and look at these. I, as I'm telling the story, I'm picturing The Rock and and Papa Doc and Mark Wahlberg do it. But they um, are just some other bodybuilders. So we'll post their pictures. We'll post pictures of the victims because it is sad. Real, I mean, sad story. It's really sad about Frank and Christina because they were actually good businessmen. Like they had raunchy business deals, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know, sex lines or whatever supposedly sheeler was a scam artist so people didn't feel as sorry for him he stole so then he got his stuff stolen um but he ended up getting awarded in the end i'm gonna have to go watch the movie watch the movie it's what a great story (laughs) oh my gosh i wanted to um maybe get some laughs in because some of our stories have just been so yeah, they've been harsh. Pretty, and this yeah. is harsh. I mean, this is really harsh. But it's, but all the other stuff around it kind of softened the landing does, a little it bit. It does. It does. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh, I hope one. you all enjoyed it. That was um yeah. That was that was needed. That was needed. <laughs> that was needed for sure. Okay, y'all. If you love this episode, go send it to somebody um and send it to your bodybuilder friends. Yeah, I'm sure they'll love it. They will love it. They will love it. Also, if you haven't done so yet, rate us, review us, and subscribe to us. And if you go to Rogue Media Network, there's a link. If you just want to order a Bloody Happy Hour shirt or hoodie, um, our producers and the the company that they're making the shirts will just bag it and tag it for you. Send it to you. So go on to RogueMediaNetwork.com. Network.com, yeah. And I think... (sighs) I think that's it. I think that's it. I have no more words or things. Was so much. Yeah. Go I pu- just yeah yeah. Alec Murdoch. That's all I can think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't 
I, and that was like, what, are, what am I going to do now? With, uh, you know, I love the people I work for are very much into or work with are very much into true crime. So if I'm in my office watching it or we were in a staff meeting and I had it going like right here, like yeah. people are so into it. They're like, they don't mind. But then it's like, I don't have any. I was so obsessed with Idaho. And then this maybe for, um, well, we Vallow, have- Lori Vallow is about to go, right? I I hope so. I think now they're they're having a separate trial now, mm-hmm. and then I think the uh, f- the OnlyFans murders hopefully going to come up soon. Sarah Boone is going to be coming up sometime soon. All these have been delayed, delayed, yeah. delayed. So we got at least Sarah some. I know Sarah Boone. Well, I was thinking too. Like I felt like this Murdoch trial was pretty big, like the Casey Anthony days. And, but I didn't watch those trials back then. This is really my first trial. And I didn't even watch the whole thing. Like you did. I watched some of the days and did the recaps. It was very but, long and very boring. <laughs> yes. But, but <laughs> like our, somebody that I know was on maternity leave the whole time. Uh-huh. So she just sat at home and nursed her baby and watched the trial. Yeah. She knew every single detail. Um, and she was so invested. And so for it to end that quick, she, I know. She she said her stomach like was sick about it. It's weird, and I almost the, felt sorry for. I don't know why, no, but I almost felt sorry for him at the sentence. I no, I a hundred percent. Maybe it's because I have thing. a heart, and he don't. No, I it did the same thing. It's like it came. They announced it, and it's like you you get this. And I was watching Emily D Baker also on YouTube because that's who I watch it with. And she was like, a lot of people in the chat are commenting, and they're just saying how they like. Why do they feel sadness? Like, why are you? Why are you feeling? And they're like, because it's just such a heavy it's story. Tragic. Yeah, and you're not necessarily sad for him. You're sad for what he's done to everybody, and and it's just a sad thing. It's yeah. just a sad situation. And then you think about this guy is he's ruined every like so many people, and now he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail, which he deserves. But it's still just like the whole thing is just a sad thing. And I was like, maybe that's why I had this like random panic attack. So there's just so <laughs> many emotions going on. It was just so many things uh, happening. But I wonder. It did happen so like the end, like after after all this investing, uh-huh. and then it just bam, it's over. Done, done. Yeah, that's like great foreplay, and then like the actual sex yeah. part is just like over with. In five seconds, but I want like listening to it, and then they did the sentencing so fast. I know I, I couldn't even tune into that, and I haven't heard the judge's whole thing. I've heard oh, some of it, but people so are saying good. it's so great. I loved, I love him. That judge It was so great. If y'all haven't watched it, you've got to at go least watch go the watch sentencing. that part. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then his no reaction, Buster's no reaction. Here's the thing. Okay, I did read that. I did read that Buster like collapsed outside of the courthouse and was like bawling all of a sudden outside of the courthouse after the verdict was read, but before the sentencing. I bet they tell them to keep their composure. However, they are investigating the Stephen Smith case. They should. I know, and that's the one that is Buster's connected to. Yeah, they should. And so, most likely. Buster's sitting over here thinking, oh, hell, I'm next. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yep. They're like, if he didn't, be- they're be- if they didn't believe my daddy, they're really not going to believe me. Exactly. And if anything, I'm going to get convicted for my name. Exactly. 
Woo! Y'all, earful, earful. <sighs> okay, I think that's it. That's it. We will see y'all next week. Tune in, send an episode, and send us an email if you have any ideas. And that is it. Don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be DTF. Bye. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs>